The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The Athletic, subscribe right now, and theathletic.com slash RTRS. And this week only, the Process Trusters of New York City. That's right, a new one-time sponsor. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, is really anybody can advertise on the podcast, whether you have a product or not, whether you're advertising a product or not. Um, Just advertise for yourself as a human yes, being. Whatever. You know, we don't care. It's all good. Um, so on today's episode, obviously, the Sixers have lost uh, back-to-back games against the Bulls and the Kings. Not great. Yikes. And, uh, and, and Bede sat twice. Also not great. The Brett Brown people are ready to explode, and uh, I feel like worried about his safety in public right now. <laughs> so we'll talk about the job that Brett Brown is doing, as well as some uh, Ben Simmons, you know, things that have come up in the last week or so, and then Brett Brown's comments about that yesterday. So, and we will preview in full as much as we can the live Ricky. We were right before Christmas which is coming up on Friday. It's two days away, Mike. Two I days leave, away. I get on a plane in mere hours. How would you describe any person who hasn't bought their tickets yet to the live Ricky? Uh, healthy. <laughs> right. You know, one guy told me, who makes plans more than a couple days out? I was like, all right, fair. You can buy your tickets now. Sure. No, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Uh, without further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. My name is Spike Eskin, along with a guy who would never, ever thinking about advertising on this podcast oh, with or God. without a product. No. <laughs> that is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. What's up? How are you? Uh, man, it's, been, it's, it's a little dark. 14 and 16, all the good, all the good feelings of, uh, of the early season are behind us. Just yep. um, this is the dark days, and it's can I can I, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something that's probably not good for the podcast? As, oh boy! As, as frustrated as I am, like watching the games and like pissed off, I get yep. I get over it pretty quickly now. Yep. Because mm-hmm. like I just think that they're going to be fine, and like they're a young team with and without Embiid, they're pretty bad. So when and Covington's been shooting like shit ever since he got back from his back thing. And by the way, that's actually not true. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, well, I went through the numbers. I mean, his last two or three games have been bad, but um, he had a I good think, one in there. Yeah, there's his last. I did it before last night. His last nine games, he was forty percent from three. So he had a couple of, you know, he was he he shot bad last night. I think there were a couple. I think there were two other specifically bad games in there. But overall. Um, I he's just I don't know he seems like he's streaky but yeah he's had a couple of clunkers in there yeah I mean I guess Inclu- I, I guess I just think that they're gonna be fine and uh, it's gonna even out and I mean the obviously the they've had a tough early going but 
uh, a Bulls and Kings back-to-back is not not part of that. Over the last few weeks, they've lost they've lost what seven of eight, I think. I and thought six of seven, but maybe yesterday is seven of eight. I think it's yeah, seven of eight now. Like and uh, they've so it's been bad, but almost all of their games are close games. The only the only real true stinker was uh, was the Phoenix game, and that was embarrassing and. Everyone should be fired. But aside from that, it's it's been like within like three, four, five, six. And when Covington shoots two of thirteen, or Reddick shot whatever he shot in the past, it's like, yeah, they're gonna lose these games, and it's gonna bounce out, and they're gonna be a couple games over five hundred, and it's gonna be fine. But that being said, what the fuck? Yeah, I think we, I think overall. There's there's a couple of things here. There's a, you know how you were talking about there's nobody can, that can score from, you know, all three levels right now. Yeah. There's I think there's three levels to how we can talk about the Sixers and that way we can compartmentalize a little bit better so it doesn't sound like you know everything with the internet now and arguing about sports is either A or B, right? It's either it's your good bad um right wrong back and forth. So what ends up happening is when people are frustrated with a game and we come on and say, don't worry, everything will be fine. It, I think we're talking about different things, right? Like we're, and the difference is, is that I think you and I, and probably a lot of the people that listen to the podcast that have listened over the last few years, maybe get, you know, maybe not all of them get over the games quickly. I think some of them do. Some of them are are sick of sucking and and are are frustrated and were i I think lulled into excitement in the first 23 games or lulled into a a false sense of how good they were going to be yeah and hard to to blame them so i think there's there's three the three levels we can talk about are the the overall the you know the the gen the three-pointer level the uh the from 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 a thousand feet up everything's fine Ben Simmons is still better than we thought. Joel Embiid is seemingly healthy, unless we hear otherwise. Maybe not this minute healthy, but but healthy with a capital H. You know, um, all of those things are are fine. Maybe the the false thing is a concern, but by and large, we're fine. But then we get to the individual games and this season stuff, and I think it's fair to to dig in sometimes and say, and we do that. I think we, we just we do it a lot of times with the caveat that it doesn't matter. It does matter. It just doesn't matter with it uh, in the in the grand sense, but it matters in the the small sense. And we do you know one two podcasts a week. They're about the games, so we can fairly talk about what you know you know this was good that that was bad, but also without it being the end of the world. I think that's what we're trying to do. Right at the end of the day, we're trying to say this sucks. This has been a bummer, but but no need to. You know, no need to fire the coach yeah. or anything. We, like I mean, we've so. been telling you not to watch the games for half a decade. For years, yeah. It's it, it, By the way, we're, we're coming up on half a decade. Yeah. You know, we're coming up on half a – this summer it'll be half a decade. So here's – let's jump into the Brett Brown thing first, right? Um, because I have a theory on this. So is it possible – we've had – you know, when Sam was here, Sam didn't talk all that much, and we had a lot of Brett Brown. You know, a lot of Brett Brown explaining this, explaining that. I think I'm even sometimes at the point I I was listening to his Woj pod and I love Brett and I love hearing him. But sometimes he talks in a very Brett way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Like, I I I think I turned it off halfway through. I just I 
Yeah, I don't want to hear about the program. I just, it's not his fault. It really isn't his fault. So he went through the hinky thing where Sam didn't talk. And then, to be truthful, last year when we had all the Embiid injury stuff, they threw him out there a lot to sort of, it was up to Brett to field those questions when it probably shouldn't be, but it was. So he's done a lot of talking through a lot of losing. And I wonder if there's a problem in that he, like, if he really has a chance to see this through because of what he's been through. Like, if the stink of him and if the, I I think, you know, it it took 10 years of Andy Reid for people to be, okay, no more, can't handle this anymore. And then a few more years for him to actually get fired. But 10 years is mostly success. Yeah. And I think every coach, people hit their point where they've had enough. It happens with players unless there is continued success, like success upon success. So Brett has been through the worst four-year stretch in the history of the NBA in terms of of winning and losing. Um, Is it possible? I'm sorry, this is a long preamble. I was wondering if maybe it's possible that his excuses are just going to fall flat and people have had enough. Whether that, that if you, if you put them in a lie detector test, they might say, yeah, he might be a good coach, but I just, I'm ready to hear from somebody else and somebody else's excuses as to why they didn't win. And I I don't want to hear this anymore. Can, can he make it through this? Do you think he can make it through this? Well, that was always the whole thing. That was always, it was always like he, he wanted to guarantee some guarantee that he wasn't just, going to be the coach for when they lose and just like a camp counselor keeping the team together and having a nice time and uh teaching young guys how to play a little bit and finding a couple good ones and saying goodbye to dozens of others uh and so he won i mean he he we've we've said all along i think everybody pretty much said he deserves a shot with with good players and he has some good players now um but it's still I think, as everyone would agree, if they uh, took a step back, a transition a year, and not that, not that you can't pick apart some of the decisions he makes or some of the what what offense they run and, and defensive schemes. You can certainly do that, but I, my general thing with coaching in in pretty much every sport, although I think in baseball and basketball specifically, because I think the, the coach in football matters more. Um, there's, there's just a limited amount of things that they can do. And every time a loss happens, especially a, a bad loss, whether it's Phoenix or Sacramento or, or Chicago, it, or LA or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, they blame yeah. it, it, it. The coach like takes the blame and it's like fire the coach. And it's like, well, sometimes, sometimes it's pl- players miss shots. And players don't rotate, and players dribble the ball off their knee or throw the ball into the stands or whatever it is. And obviously that's happened a lot over the past two, three weeks, but it's not, it's not all anybody's fault. It's some, some of Brett, some of Colangelo, some of Simmons, some of Embiid being hurt, Covington being hurt, Fultz being hurt. It's a collection of things, and like certainly... Things continue to go wrong for the Sixers right now, but like, I, I'm just like I've always been so over the idea of like 
just fire the coach and that's good. Like when it was a when it was a boring ass offense, when it was like fucking Eddie Jordan or Tony DeLeo or whatever, Doug Collins, and it's like, yeah, you know that these got this isn't like a build for the future thing, then that's fine. But like Brett has Brett is clearly well liked among the players. He's clearly like put his time in here. And there's something to be said about consistency and just like being like, yeah, he's making mistakes now, but so is fucking Simmons and Luau and TJ and everybody who's working through shit that like it, I I know it's frustrating and people, people uh, will occasionally call, call us out for being like, that's the problem with the process. You don't care about winning still. And it's like, no, it's like you have a fucking big picture of the thing and be like, yo, this, this, they're not going to win a title this year. So everything this year should be like improvement and development and like signs of, of elite play and hope for the future. But like, this is, this is a bridge to get to the, to the year. And so let's admit that like the game still kind of don't matter, even though we want them to. And, like it, it happens. They're gonna fuck up. Brett's gonna fuck up. The players are gonna fuck up, and I, I just think that there's such, there's such an, the coach is always such a fucking easy scapegoat, and I, I just really see no need for for Brett to be that scapegoat right now. It's in in like if a year or two years that the team is succeeding at levels like Oklahoma City did with Durant and Westbrook, and there's just like hey. He's this guy's not getting this not he's not he's not pushing them over the top. Then it's like yeah, let's talk about getting a new guy in there, a Steve Kerr esque kind of thing. But like right now, we're not there yet. Everybody likes him. Like blame the fact that the team isn't that good and that they're hurting injury wise, and just be like you can be pissed off without saying after every loss like the coach needs to go. Well, so the I'm trying to remember the Sonic slash Thunder made made a Scott Brooks was not the original coach there, right? He was the second guy. It was wasn't he, it Nate McMillan? No, I don't think it was Nate McMillan, but it was there was definitely somebody before Scott Brooks. Okay, uh, uh, th- like he Scott Brooks was not. Um, maybe it was Nate McMillan. If Scott Brooks was not Kevin Durant's first coach. Whoever the first coach was was the guy who had him at two guard. Um, God, I'm trying to remember who. It I'll was. look it up. Keep talking. Okay, uh, I think I agree. The problem is the problem goes to that that two sides of everything thing, is that. Was Carlissimo. I think Carlissimo. Oh my God, that's so weird. Um, God, it's weird to think that he was ever even a coach. Aside from the the time he got choked, that was the only time I really remember PJ Carlissimo as a coach. Uh, like we can talk about what he can do better, yeah. without mm. talking about the fact that he needs to go because you can't there. There is. It's funny. Like Rick Carlisle, I know Rick Carlisle has had a success. Is generally considered a good coach, but like Rick Carlisle has, like, has sucked for three years now. <laughs> like his teams have been bad for three years. So and like, why is it? You know, why? It's just funny. It's like people are like, Brett needs to get more creative with the offense. It's like, well, there's there's nobody on the team that can get their own fucking shot right now. Literally nobody. There's nobody. So they just they run around in circles, passing and moving until somebody gets open for a second and takes a shot. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. And and without Embiid in there, so then so then the blame thing moves on to um It is pretty well, remarkable, just for a second, that they don't have anybody that can get their own shot. There's like, no I've been very, very anti gunner for a long time. I mean, I was not a Lou Williams fan, a lot of people were. But But wouldn't it be a relief at this point to have one of those guys? Yeah, a guy that can just like yeah. be like, hey, I'm gonna go get a bucket. 
And like honestly, the guy that's most likely that, like that is TJ. I mean, obviously yes. he's not gonna like pull up from anywhere, but he can he can beat guys off the dribble and take a you know twelve foot leaner. And he, nobody else can. I mean, Dario has to like flumpy clump down in the lane, and he can do that if you give him like eight seconds. But it's Simmons is is the most he can do is be like sort of transitiony, do that little floater thing, which hasn't been falling lately. And he's not he's not a threat to shoot from anywhere. So, although he, he did hit two jumpers last night, so that's nice. And then he stopped. Then he didn't take another one the rest yeah, of the game. Yeah. He took he took two jumpers in the first five minutes and then didn't take it again. Yeah. He only took six shots last night. Um, uh, once again, b- being the Ben Simmons that I think you expected before the season. Which, and is, which is great. Which is, which is great. Which is I mean, like, if, he, if he had yeah. started less hot and less like, oh, man, he can do all these things, then I would just be like, yeah, he's the offensive player I thought he would be. And I'm very impressed with his defense, which I continue to be. Uh what are you talking about? TJ? Nobody getting their own shot. Nobody getting their own shot. I had something there. Um, I could see some, yeah. some like, some trade for, like, somebody who can cook a little bit. Like, a, not Tim Hardaway Jr. because he just got a ton of money from the Knicks for no real reason, but uh, somebody like that. I could see them being like, hey, we're, we'll, we'll make the effort to, to, to go get a guy like that. Tyreek Evans. I mean, can he get his own shot at this point in his career? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's played pretty well this year. He he's has. on a one-year deal, he too. Has. He's on a one-year, like, $2 million deal. Maybe bring Tyreek home. Chester. Yeah. Bring him home. Bring him home. Let's have Tyreek <laughs> Evans tonight. I just, like, could you, imagine, like, if you imagine telling me, even, like, three months ago, uh, but let alone, like, four years ago, that I'm, I'm like, being like, maybe Tyreek Evans would be a nice fit here. <laughs> like, yeah. I would never think that. <laughs> I still don't really care. Um what what they're missing is Markel. Like they're missing Markel very very badly. Uh, like a perfect pick and roll player. You see, I've said this before, but JJ JJ works in the pick and roll, even though he's much worse passer, much less athletic, uh, much less agile. But because he's a threat to shoot, that opens things up for whether it's Dario or Embiid or Amir or Rashawn rolling, and because because it has to make the defense make choices, and Markel would make that a lot better because he can do so many things with the ball. God, at, I, I, at, I miss him. At, I miss him. Adam, Adam Kornblau tweeted about J.J. Redick. I'm in a – I don't – I'll say again. I do not hate Redick. I just don't like watching him at all. He said Redick dribbling reminds me of Jody Meeks. And yeah, like, he's meeks for sure. Right? Like the way they move a little too fast for what they're doing – um, when they're like everything is very meeksy, J- like uh, jittery, like a rice krispie. Yes, yeah, yeah, very meeksy. I thought it was a very, it was a very Sixers fan take to have. It was, you know, yeah. you had to be watching a lot of games to notice that. All right, well, let's 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 go through the list of Brett Brown criticisms and see how important we think all of them are. So the first one is something that we have talked about extensively, and that is the minute level for Simmons and Embiid. And I, you know, he even admitted it yesterday after the game that he said, he said when 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 they when Fultz stopped playing, he moved into uh, sort of like win now mode. He said in 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 his own way this is brett and or simmons and that has that's why he's playing the vet so much and and why the guys are playing so many minutes i think this is the one thing 
that he is that that somebody has to talk to him about the Embiid and Simmons minutes thing. It there has to be like I'm not saying cap because that makes it a little too clear, but there has to be a general guideline as to how many minutes these guys should be playing and stick to it a yeah. little bit better. Well, yeah. Simmons last night played 33, uh, and it's the second night yep. of a back-to-back. Covington played 32, and that's fine. That's fine. Like Honestly, like, yep. I'm, I'm at a point where I don't I don't care like who gets minutes. Like I would play McAdoo and Pullen and be like, fine, great, play him. I just literally I was always, I remember being very upset at the at the uh, at the idea of an innings eater for a pitcher in baseball, and being like, I if he's bad, I don't give a shit if he's eating innings. If he's going f- five and giving up six runs, that's not eating innings. Yep. That's just giving the game away. But at this point, I just need guys to eat minutes. I need guys to eat minutes. Let McAdoo play in there, run around, be hustle. Let Pullen come in and just take a bunch of shots. I don't care. Play anybody. Uh, it's fun to see guys play, play that you don't usually see. That's always enjoyable, and let's just not fucking wear down our best players. It'll work yeah. out. It'll be fine. We need, we need Justin Anderson to get healthy. That's the longest case of shin splints I've ever seen in my fucking life. What's going on? The problem with shin splints is like hamstring, is that you can't test it. Because if you test it, it re-aggravates it, and you go back to square one. So you almost have to wait extra long to make sure that it doesn't hurt. Um, having had shin splints, you, you can't, the minute if you, you'll feel better before you actually feel better. And if you go and do it again, like you're back to pain, pain level 10. So I, I have heard, um, from reliable sources that, uh, Anderson should be read, will be ready by next week. So, uh, that'll help Anderson will be ready next week. Um, they've been, their defense without Embiid has been pretty poor. At least to my eye. Well, they, the uh, other teams have just been making shots, and uh, the Bulls did. Yeah, but so did the Kings. The ben, ben Falk and Mike O'Connor of the Ringer, Mike O'Connor using Ben Falk's cleaning the glass uh, game stuff. Um, they've just been hitting like the Sixers have been forcing them into bad shots, like taking mid range, and they're just hitting them. Now I think those shots have been very open. I've said in the mm-hmm. past, like Embiid, even though he didn't play this game, like there's a difference between letting. Forcing them to take bad shots, uh, or, or from bad spots on the court, and letting them have like wide open looks from wherever they want, and so it'd be nice to get. I think they're over rotating. I think that they're over doubling, and that's a that's a problem when you don't have a, a real rim protector in there because you have to you have to overcommit. But I mean, sometimes other teams hit shots. I I'm like. I'm like concerned in the short term because I I want them to be better and I want them to turn the ball over less and work well together and like they're not a lot of the time, but still like Covington was shooting 57% from three for the beginning of the season and he came down to earth. It's just like it comes in waves. It's it sucks. <laughs> this is bullshit. You can be alarmed by how bad they are without Embiid, but I think. At, at everybody's heart of hearts, like you know what the team is and you know what's going on. Like they're well capable of beating anybody, capable of losing to anybody, and uh, will put it together more once everybody's healthy. Well, I mean, just say if if you want to know what they're like without Embiid, just say who the players are out loud and ask yourself how good you expect them to be, especially without faults too. So if you say and Redick, the other Redick pl- left 
for yes. the well, third quarter last night. I, I didn't want to – who knows if the guy is hurt. It really seemed like to me like he was bailing last night. I don't know why. Wow. I was like, Reddick's had enough to Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when, when you say out loud that you're depending on – like, here are the players – you know, there's Simmons. Okay, we got that. But then we got Trevor Booker, Rashawn Holmes, Amir Johnson, Jared Bayless, and JJ Redick, like, and TJ. Who the fuck is winning games? They're not going to win a lot of games. That's a bad roster. You know, that's not a winning roster at all. It, it's not too much different than the Brooklyn roster, or, you know, it's just, it's not good. It's going to be bad. I, so, I would honestly and, like to see them. Because they do so much, like, like waiting for JJ to get open, and yeah. like not even looking at the basket and trying to like just dump off to him as he's like running around like the same screen six times, and that eats a lot of the shock. Like, like their offense isn't their offense isn't a problem, and it is because they get their points. Like they'll they'll get out in transition and and do what they have to do, and eventually they'll hit threes. And Bayless was shooting well last night, and he'll he'll get hot, and then he'll get cold and all that stuff. But like, I'd much rather see them. Just run straight up, like simple pick and rolls, spread the court with like TJ and Rashawn or Simmons and Rashawn and or Simmons and Dario and like let let them find guys and pick guys apart. Like it's not working when the the focal point is just watching JJ like dance around screens and like trying to like get a moment of breathing room. I would yeah, I would much rather see that. You. Yeah, just play some normal best. Like, forget the motion offense, you know. Just play a little two-man game basketball and see if you can get a shot. And have, have you know, have people be awake off the ball and, yeah. and see what you, Look, you know I love off-ball movement. You know I love watching watching guys cut to the basket. And it works when they do. And how many times, how many nice plays did Embiid and Simmons make when Simmons was cutting to the basket? Right, yeah, for look. sure. But that included Embiid. That's, that's, that's true. Problem. Well, this is a, co- <laughs> yeah. this is a pro-cutting podcast. And uh, we'd like to see more of them, and less. I mean, like the, when they're not, they're not even like looking at the basket a lot of time. It's like they're so focused on like we need to get JJ open, and they're working so hard, and everybody's getting so tired just watching him and standing there. It's like because nobody can get their own shot, they're they're forced to like depend on a guy that's like he's he's playing like three times his ability level right now, like in terms of what he's being expected to do. Not that he doesn't take like. He can't take 15 shots, whatever it is. But, like, those 15 shots are not open shots. Those are, like, he's working for every every single shot. And he didn't have to do that in, in L.A. And the final thing I'd say with Brett, the uh, other thing of that we could criticize with, is there have been questionable calls about personnel at the end of games this year. The, the, in a couple of close games, there are a couple of times, a few times, where I've been like, wait a minute, why is this guy not in? Uh, the end of the Bulls game and the end of the Rockets game and, you know, I— I guess he has his reasons why he makes those calls and you live and die with it. And if the shot doesn't go in, then nobody cares. And if the shot, you know what I mean? But um, I I think that's been a a point, a fair, a fair point of criticism. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like he's going Bayless over Rashawn is the, is what he's doing, right? That's when he went Bayless over TJ, remember, uh, in the Rockets game. Yeah. For defense, which was, which is pretty nonsensical. Yeah. But the, the Bayless over Rashawn the other day. Against the Bulls, and then he did it again last night against the Kings, which was and the game was over. Um, yeah, the I I don't know. I mean, it's tough to see because I like Rashawn's rebounding 
on both ends and him being a threat to just dunk over everybody I think is valuable at, at the ends of games and he could just make he can muscle up and do something but I you know I see the need for another shooter to spread the court and 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 give Simmons open driving lanes unfortunately Simmons isn't really taking those driving lanes he he did against the Bulls and his lack of a jump shot on that last on that last play against the Bulls it was kind of just like yeah I'm just going to drive in do the shoulder thing and uh, and hope I can get a shot off. And he's really good at it, but it's it's amazing how that that's really his only move. You know? Did you read that Arnov- Arnovitz article? Uh, no. What Arnovitz article? It was on like Sixers All Access Day or whatever. And by the way, like oh. ever since they announced that, the Sixers have lost like seven of eight. So fuck Sixers All Access Day, bullshit assholes. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, it was an it was an article about how he's like like Simmons Simmons's game is uh, pretty much like an Aussie rules football game. And oh yeah, I heard him talking about it. Yeah, with, uh, yeah, it's good and and it's like the drive your shoulder in the guy's chest and then like pull up and and like create space that way and stuff and like so that's that's really like the thing he does and it's cool to see and it's it's different than anybody else and I think eventually he'll get he'll start getting charge calls on that which is which will be shitty and he'll have to adapt but. I think the fact that his his handle, I mean, I'll say it again, and the, his half court handle is like not—it's loose. He doesn't have like he's not going to like Kyrie past anybody, and that's you know maybe that's a threat because he can't threat. He is not the threat to pull up and shoot, and maybe it's because he just has sort of a a, a looser grip on the ball. But you know he can't he can't just like take over an offense and break it down that much. And that's when, when Embiid's not in and Fultz isn't in and the Sixers don't have anybody else that can do that, they, the offense suffers. Before we get into Simmons, because I have some other things, I All actually right. have a mailbag question. Let's talk about Friday's live rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. We were right before Christmas. Wow. We were right before Christmas. Mike, it's coming up on Friday. Yeah, I'm excited. Friday night, show's at 8. Doors are at 7. It's at Underground Arts, the same place the last one was, 12th and Callow Hill. Tickets are $18 before Friday, and then on Friday they turn to $20. So get them in advance. Go to rightstorickysanchez.com. We're going to do a pod. BGN Radio is going to do a pod. So Eagles pod, Sixers pod, and then we're going to do one together. Honestly, Chris Ryan honestly, of The tr- Ringer. Truly, well, truly ridiculous that, that, that we're yeah. having a uh, – a cocksure celebratory podcast uh, when the teams are obviously the Eagles won last week, but uh, scraping by against the yeah. Giants uh, yep. without their MVP quarterback is tough. It's uh, it really is. Well, one of the guys on the poster, like you know, it's Sam and, and Wentz. So you know, well, whatever. Uh, this it, it's it, more on brand. It's very We're on still brand. Feels like us. still cocksure. Yeah. Chris Ryan of The Ringer will appear with the rights to Ricky Sanchez on stage. Uh, Larry Poff, Jeff Garcia, baby, he's our baby, will be in the house on stage with BGN Radio. And us. Get your picture with I'm Larry ask, Poff. I got, I'm definitely asking Poff some questions. Yeah, I have a lot of questions for Poff, actually. Great. Storm the stage during the BGN Radio <laughs> pod. Uh, we're going to have an exclusive contest if you're wearing a rights to Ricky Sanchez T-shirt. So wear your rights to Ricky Sanchez T-shirt. And here's the free stuff. First 200 people in the door get the Allen Iverson MVP Philly word art print. 
If you haven't seen Philly Word Art, go to phillywordart.com. The print is $39.95 if you were to buy it. Uh, the prints are awesome. Pe- we got a lot of people tweeting at us who have them you know, hanging in their den, stuff like that. So the first 200 people get the Iverson print. First 150 people get an L.L. Pavorsky gift card. And then everyone past 200, so 200 at all. 200 and after, you're going to get either a Cornblow t-shirt oh my God. or a corn, yep, or a Cornblow cell phone sleeve. And a cell phone sleeve? T-shirt, yeah. Cornblow t-shirts <laughs> and cell phone sleeves designed by uh, Mrs. Cornblow, so Adam Cornblow's mom, the originator of the law firm. Fantastic. So it's very exciting. Yeah, she's a listener now. So come to the podcast. We'll see you Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get your tickets. I'm blown away that I went to camp with Adam Cornblow. I know. It's huge. It's, I mean, what are the odds? He definitely was the counselor of some of my friends. I have to ask them about it. Yeah, you, we, he, we have to have an in-depth, yeah, a tell-all. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. Wow. All right. Before, so to get into Simmons, the Ben Simmons stuff, I got a, uh, an email from Hank to the Lorenzo Brown mailbag. You can email us at writestrickysanchez at gmail.com. He said, I was watching the most recent meltdown against Sacramento and had a crippling thought come to mind. With Simmons sitting on a double-double and eight assists, he caught the ball near the rim, made a nice move, and had a pretty high-quality layup with a smaller defender on him and about five seconds remaining on the shot clock. I remember this play, actually. Instead of taking the layup, he passed to Rock for a contested three as the shot clock expired. Do you think Simmons is potentially triple-double hunting at the expense of team success? I don't want to believe this, but it seems to be a terrifying possibility. All the best and go Bombers. I don't know what that's a reference to. Ithaca. Um, Ithaca's mascot is a Bombers. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, That's from Hank. Uh, I don't think so. The triple-double hunting is definitely something I have heard about before, and that being a concern. But I I wouldn't say at the expense of... Team success. I don't think he's. Yeah. I don't. Think I don't think in that spot he's thinking about it. Yeah. I think he definitely wants to win, and uh, even if he's he wants to be triple double guy, which is fine. Um, the I think he just that kind of play is is the kind of play that the team's been kind of making all year. Is you know they're in transition and they're like looking for a three, even though they have a three on one. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think he's conscious of triple doubles. Yes, let's put it that way. And I think if there's a two man break and he already has ten points and he has nine assists, I think he would give up the ball to get the assist to get the triple double. Yeah. But in in that situation, I think it's more likely that he is just. Um, am I using the word reticent to shoot? Am I using yeah. that correctly? He is reticent to shoot there because he's been reticent to shoot for the last three weeks, and I don't think that is is really related at all to his assists. I just think he's like he's a little spooked about shooting, I think. Yeah. Overall. And again, I've uh he should be able to shoot a basketball. He's uh he was the number one pick. Uh he's incredibly good. And if he doesn't spend all off season shooting only shooting a basketball, just all fucking day, all fucking night, then I don't know what his priorities are because uh, as good as he is now, and he's pretty good, um, he is worse because he can't shoot a basketball. Imagine if you'd be like, hey, Steph Curry is, has really good handles and he's a pretty good passer. He doesn't even need to shoot to be good. It's like, yeah, probably, but you'd rather he did. Simmons needs to learn how to shoot. 
That's the end of it. I don't know how anybody thinks otherwise. He needs to learn how to shoot or he will not be as good as he could be. That's not an argument. It's not a take. Come on. Can we define what a take is? I've been, I've been, somebody, somebody tweeted at me yesterday. He goes, he goes, man, your Alshon Reddick take is looking more and more wrong every day. I was like, that wasn't even a take. <laughs> it wasn't a take. Well, Alshon, a take. Alshon's, Alshon's doing well. Yeah, but it wasn't even about them being like bad. I think it was about them being like one year mercenaries who aren't quite as good as I thought they were. I, so, I think, and at the time, I think a take is in the eye of a beholder. Right. <laughs> Uh, and and the thing about Simmons is is this shot thing. The, now I'll tell you what's weird is his shot is not going to get fixed until all the off season. You know when he switches hands or whatever. Yeah, it is sort of weird that the left handed jumper was there and then disappeared, and then even last night was there and then disappeared because he can get that shot whenever he wants, and it allows them to actually run effective pick and roll with him. Yeah, it's a little bit. You know, it's not quite as as far out as I guess I'd like it to be. So there's a little less space. But, but the the second one came off of a, a screen. It's weird that he's not even doing that. His shot is just so weird. It's, he's so obviously a right-handed shooter. It's like his elbow flares out. He's holding the ball at all the wrong angles. The spin on it is crazy. I I wanted I want to talk to him. If I, if we have if we ever have Simmons on the podcast, I'm gonna just only ask him that question. Why Why did you never shoot right-handed? Why are you insisting on shooting lefty? What? What's wrong with you, essentially? Which is not going to be a good interview. He won't like it. So we probably shouldn't have him on. So, so stop it. <laughs> so don't, don't do it. It's crazy, uh, though. Else? It's crazy, though, right? It is, it is crazy. How are the well, Sixers I- have so many weird fucking things happening all the time? It's always the Sixers. It's all we're the only ones that have anything close to this weird, and we have it for every single guy. It's every nonsense. single guy. It's unbelievable. TJ, by he, the way, shooting like fifty-eight percent from three, best shooter in the league. He is really the most effective guy getting to the basket and finishing at this point. I would honestly be fine. Like um, Frank Mason had a shot uh, last night that uh, where he like just he did like a nice step back and. I would be fine with TJ just starting to take those shots. TJ becomes a guy that just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to take step back threes, and I'm fine with it because they have few other ways to score. And the I was a little frustrated, like just watching the game last night when, like, at the end of the game. I was with Simmons. I was like, will you just fucking go to the rim and get a basket? Like, will you just do that? Come on, somebody. Because it was, it was uh, you know, play after play of them running in circles trying to get a bucket. And I just wished he would just try to do it. Like he did at the end of the Bulls game, I guess. And you know what? LeBron had that problem, too. For a while, LeBron didn't really have any moves. He just would sort of bully his way down there. Um and by the way, when you're talking about Dario earlier, I think I realized what my specific image of um, what do you call it, flumpy clumping is? Yeah, is the back down, but you keep switching hands yeah, as you're doing exactly it. Exactly that. So it's right, isn't that it? That's it. It's back down three dribbles, turn back. It's almost like if you're a 
an unskilled adult playing against a smaller skilled child and you need to get to the basket. That's how you do it. Yeah. Dribble, dribble, right? Dribble, yeah. And the other players and the other defenders are like frozen and confused. Like, he's not really yep. going to keep doing this. And there's no one, no one like comes over to help. He just keeps no. doing his thing. I love it. Uh, all right. Uh, I have two more things. Before we get to it, let's talk about our sponsor for this, uh, this episode. That is the Process Trusters of New York City. Wow. Here is the copy, right? We don't have anything for you to buy. Nothing for you to buy. They're simply fans. And, and here is the message, and then I'll, 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 I'll name check them. Um, Philly sports fans who live in New York City have it rough. They're stuck in a sea of crap fans and for years little to latch onto. The failed Chip Kelly era, the Amaro disaster, who cares about the Flyers, and then came Sam. He united us, old friends reconnected, new friends were made, our decades-old love of the Sixers was reinvigorated by our love of math, probability process, and multiple championships. We have come together as a definitive force for good, the New York Process Trusters. We are proud to have made a donation in the name of all Process Trusters to the charity of Spike and Mike's Choice. So they made a very generous donation to uh, the Alzheimer's, not the Alzheimer's Association, I'm sorry, even though that would be nice, to uh, Justice Rescue and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And that is Don and Rick and Neil, Allison, Mike, Charles. So I met all of them, and they're all fine people. Very successful people, unbelievably successful, but uh, very kind people. And we thank them for sponsoring. They, they have nothing for us to buy. They don't want us to well, mention if, their companies. Well, if, if they're looking for more fans, if there's other uh, process trusters in New York, seek them out. Yes, seek them out. I, tweet at us or tweet at me, You don't, uh, but I'll give you – and we'll, we'll tweet at the Ricky and we'll give you their handles so you can, uh, you can seek them out. All right. Um, Are we going to do a – uh, we, have we done a uh, – we did, did the bus trip to Brooklyn, but I feel like taking over MSG would be really, really, fu- really fucked up. very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. It, even when they stink, it's very expensive. I talked to Joe about it. It's just like we can even get the tickets. We probably wouldn't be able to get like 400 tickets like we like sure. to get. But it's those tickets are expensive. Even met, like upper-level tickets are expensive. So I'm excited for that Christmas Day game. If people – What's that? I'm excited for that Christmas Day game. That'll yeah, be, yeah, me too. They need, I mean, they need to win that game. They just like – they said – apparently yes. the, the news broke like right before the podcast that Woj tweeted that Embiid's going to miss the next two games probably, which are bo- oh both God. against Toronto, um, which sucks. But, uh, but hopefully trying to get him on the court for the nationally televised Christmas Day game. We all remember what happened the last time the, Six- the Sixers uh, – either held him out of other games to play him in nationally televised yeah. games. That was last January against the Houston Rockets. He played very well and never played again the rest of the season. Yep. Did you, well, see, the, did you see that the Sixers, uh, Kevin Johnson, the trainer, got like best trainer in the league or whatever? Yes, I saw that, yeah. Pretty, I mean, I don't know anything about what being an athletic trainer for a sports team entails, but... I don't know. Well, no, he's not the doctor. That's not him. But so. if the but it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? It'd be no, like saying really. like Okafor not in terrible shape has the best nutritionist in the league. 
I, th- <laughs> I think what's unfair is these guys oftentimes have their own doctors too. They don't have to go to team doctors for things. Like they're they're not beholden to listen to team doctors. So I don't know. It is funny. It is at least ironic. You know, yeah. it is, it's at least ironic. I just want to blame everybody. I don't want to blame Brett for losses, <laughs> but I want to blame everybody for everybody so, being hurt. Well, and here's one thing, and this is me saying it, but like, Embiid missing four games after playing 49 minutes. Will somebody please get into Brett Brown's fucking office and tell him not to play Embiid 49 minutes anymore? Like, that's it's crazy. It's more minutes than are in a whole, a whole game. A whole game. I don't, I don't care if they say he's healthy and he can do it. He, he can't. He obviously can't do it. So, not great. No. No, don't ever. And and to the people who say, well, what's Brett supposed to do? Not play him in one of the overtimes? Yes. Yep. Well, they're not playing him in four fucking games now. So so you can, I, I clearly you could sit him down. I don't care how mad he gets. I don't care how many chairs he kicks. Like Just let him, even no. if like, okay, we're going to the first overtime. You've played 33 minutes. We're going to sit you for the first two minutes. You'll come in for the last three. Okay. Yeah. Second overtime. Same thing. Like, just let him have a breather. It can't, it's got, I mean... The the game this obviously when you're in a game you want to win it and it does matter but you got to think big picture and be like this is if we're gonna sit him for four games anyway then let's give Rashawn a shot let him be fresh legs it's just it's I don't want anyone I'm gonna I'm I'm going the other way with it instead of getting more comfortable with how many minutes these guys are playing I don't want anyone to play thirty everyone under thirty that is now the rule. I need that. That means McAdoo's playing twenty-five. That's fine. Nobody over thirty. Everyone Everyone's going to be very healthy. No one's going to be even sore between games. We're we're raising the bar to Pop- Popovich. Wants nobody at thirty. I want nobody at twenty-five. That's right. I want everyone at twenty-two fucking minutes. This is going to be like like sixth grade basketball where everybody has to play the same amount of minutes. <laughs> and then everyone gets orange slices. Look what you made us do. The so. We came into the season with our takes as to how many games they'd win. Okay. They they go 13 and 9 and everybody's talking about the 3 seed or the 4 seed. Dessert How important is making the playoffs to you this year? I would say I for me personally very important. I want okay. I really Even though I, wins aren't important. Wins are important but like they it would be a, a true failure on on everybody's part. Unless Embiid misses, you know, months at a time. Uh, what if they finish forty-two and forty and don't make the the playoffs? Uh, then it's okay. I right? think that they, I think that that would get in. But yeah, that that would be okay. Yeah. Okay. I right. I'm I still feel very strongly about forty-three and thirty-nine. I've seen it. I've seen the future. That's what it is. Forty-three and thirty-nine. Lock it in. Well, there I I said thirty-seven, and they're actually on a. a <laughs> they've as everyone teased me for for weeks. They're actually on a. 37 win pace currently so um so that, that's where else I, I don't care whether they make the playoffs even though it come would be on fun. it would be so much fun you definitely care it would be fun a seven game it series a seven game series against like Here, boston or cleveland come on well let's let's put it this way i care but i'm not going to be it, it it's not a it's not a hey this season is not successful no again if, i mean i think it would be a little bit like this season's not successful like it would make Obviously, this is this is a very results based uh, question. Like, does does the fact that they missed the playoffs this year invalidate a lot of decisions that were made? And obviously, we're not 
crazy huge fans of any of the signings that, that Colangelo has made. But like, if if with a mostly healthy Embiid, which let's hope that he is, uh, Simmons playing like the rookie of the year, and we'll see what we get with Fultz. With the like good veteran signings that the that we were supposed to have and bring back, if they can't make the playoffs in the East, that's I mean that's that's a that sucks. That's that that would reflect poorly on on really everybody. So I just let let them get a taste. I I I feel next year, especially with a with a free agent signing that like a legitimate one that that they can actually make noise. And Simmons a second year, Fultz a second year, Embiid like healthier then I I would like them to get a taste of the playoffs this year for sure it would be fun I'm not going to be crushed if it doesn't happen that's I, I we'll see when we get closer and we see how the the east shakes out and what record it's going to take yeah a lot of season uh, a lot of season can, left yeah all right some odds and ends before we go first of all um Mike Mike your comment on Jaleel Okafor not playing because he's not in game shape and then saying that he's more confident now because he has a real NBA coaching staff around him in Brooklyn. Tough. I mean, Brett was like, he knows what he did. He knows he knows what we did for him. And, and Okafor's like, it's getting misinterpreted. So I'm I'm fine to just blow past it and not. By the way, it wasn't misinterpreted. Like I saw the whole quote. The headline may have been a little drastic. The uh, Okafor blames Sixers. Yeah. But but he certainly subtweeted them yeah i mean what <laughs> and, else what yeah. else could he have meant in terms of like now that i'm on a real team like you said those yeah. words for sure and by the way it's the nets, it's the nets. It's, it's not, yeah yeah i don't know it's not great uh, but i'm i mean like he's he has every right to be not well he's bad first of all so but he has every right to be bitter and as a uh 19 year old kid he's still just 19 somehow he <laughs> has every right to like He's going to be like he's not going to blame himself, you know. He's going to blame the surroundings and the atmosphere and the other players and the coaching staff and whatever it is. So he's not going to be like, yeah, I'm just not good enough. I wasn't good enough to play there. Like he thinks that he is because obviously every NBA player does. So, but to 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 go on to, to go so far and be like, yeah, now that I'm on a real fucking team is, I think, I think, not great. But whatever. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, we have not oh. had any m- more. There's not been any more information on this. And no one said that it is it is the break yet. I haven't seen broken foot, but they talked about the Liz Frank injury, which is the, like, those bone. That's what we were worried about with Ben Simmons, right? I mean, that was the concern last year. So. It seems like it's possible that Korkmaz has a broken foot and he's done for the year. That's it's at least that possible. That sucks. It's a bummer. Yeah, because he needs it. He needs the he needs minutes. Whether it's G League or Sixers, he needs minutes. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I could probably spin it and say like, all right, we'll get in a weight room and just like lift all 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 winter, and get your body right. But like, do does that really happen when when you're nursing an injury? No. Do they actually like get you in there? No, you fucking eat pizza and you play video games. I, that's what that's what happens. But like you couldn't, he couldn't work on his upper body, like while while he's while his foot is hurt. I I guess he could, but I don't I don't see him doing that. Like that wouldn't. Like I had a high ankle yeah. sprain and I was still going to the gym. So if I was doing it, I'm not even getting paid to do it. 
you weren't you didn't even have a real coaching staff. No, I didn't have one. No. Yeah. And uh Mark L. Fultz, I don't know. All signs point to soon. Maybe in a month or so. No, sooner than that. No. Sooner. No, no. Sooner. I don't think so. It's gotta be. Not before the new year. Uh probably not. I just you I know, wanted to come. I wanted I've so much I've never been more invested in a player. I've I will say it now. I mean like Embiid Embiid is close. Uh TJ is close. But um like I am I'm I'm putting it all on the line for Markel Fultz. It's all out there. And I desperately need him to play and be good soon. You and me both. I hope so. I, I, whatever, whatever was going on with Markel, I, it seems like he's getting closer to having that thing being gone and he can play again. So we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing good Markel fall. Oh, that'll could be you imagine. Fun. Like not sh- he was, not shooting like he was, Rashawn. He was very good. He is shooting like Rashawn. He was very good in college. There's a reason why he was the number one overall pick. Consensus. And uh, man. Be nice to get that guy back. Sure would. That's all I got. What a weird, what a go. weird fandom. Yeah, this has been a weird few years. This is the the thirty for thirty. No matter how this ends, will be a lot of fun. And once again, and if we're not in it, we're gonna bomb the thirty for thirty. No, don't say that. Actually, please don't say that. Say you were kidding. Well, I mean, I'm gonna bomb a program. Just say, please, just say that obvious, obviously Mike is not going to harm anyone or use any bombs or anything. I had a – somebody called up. True story. This is actually a true story that happened at WIP. Somebody called up, and this was before they selected Embiid, and said that if they selected Embiid, they were going to bomb the Sixers facility. And I heard it, and I was like, oh, Jesus, no. Yeah. I had to get the guy's phone number. I had to call Homeland Security. I had a meeting with Homeland Security. Tough. And they, they went to his house. So all I'm trying to do is prevent that. You send Homeland Security to my house, Spike? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to turn you in. I'm just saying someone might. So we're not going to bomb I'm gonna, anyone. Like power bomb. Like There we go. Like a like your like your classic WWE raw power bomb. Right. But okay. all right. It's gonna be. It's gonna hurt. I'll tell you that much. We'll we'll see you on Friday night. Get your tickets for the live Ricky. Writes to RickySanchez.com. Um, it's gonna be fun. I, we still. I'm excited for we it. We still haven't worked. I, I was. I was talking to Barchard yesterday. We still haven't worked out who is uh, who's going first and who's going second. I'm fine either way. I know. I told. I'm. I don't know if I am. That's that's why I got to think about it. I told John we we talk about it tomorrow. So. All right. Uh, until Friday, we'll see you then. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, lick face. You're trying to act all confident when you hate it. I don't know how to say okay. it. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. I'm never going to know how to say it. It's an awful thing to we say. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Like, Copying a 
Give up, and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.